606-6762 is our call-in number. Who are you voting for today and why? Let us know. When you go to the polls... I love listening every morning to Richard. Imagine that the ruin of the family is tied to our current economic issues. Oh, well, we'll add that to our timeline. Thank you so much. <laughs> John Liscar has put up a post. I snuck into the campaign headquarters and found Connie Van Houten, Erica Connors, and Nessie Tessier hard at work. It's a picture of three nuns praying. <laughs> oh that's funny oh god <laughs> oh well you know um yeah we want it you want your thoughts on the city its future its direction what's your thoughts on the um The election, what are you going to do? What do you think is going to happen? 606-6762. Today is election day, and you can't share enough <laughs> the admonitions to people to get out and vote. I, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens in a number of, uh, a number of races in a number of places. Um. But I'll tell you, one of the things that I, I do want to uh, address, and you'll forgive me because I've, um, I've just distracted myself. My phone is on. It's starting to ding with various things. And, okay, we shut that off. And I was sharing a post. I'm doing exactly what I ask people to do. Um, but, but, you know, I... I I do want to talk about uh, what's, what's been happening campaign-wise. You know, Facebook is a pretty vicious place. And there's a fellow named Ed Champy, who we have outed as a fraud, who has been attacking uh, Republicans and conservatives um, on Facebook in multiple groups um, for, gee, a couple of years now. I, You know, he seems to have a particular... Uh, a, a particular uh, uh, bloodlust for me. Is that the right term? But anyway, so one of the things that you deal with are people who create these fake profiles and then troll you on social media and just throw out the most vile of things, you know, baseless personal attacks. And this guy, Ed Champy, seems to have what I would consider to be considerable inside knowledge of what happens inside the school district. And while we have some suspicions as to who Ed Champy really is, I'm not going to say who I think Ed Champy really is because that someone will accuse me and whether I'm right or not, I can't yet prove it. But when you take a look at social media, I think social media has not helped politics at all. Do we have a call or no? Oh, I don't know. Josh is still on the phone. No? We're getting a call. We're just not getting any uh, conversation out of that call. Ah. I, I'm sure you've checked the board to make sure the sound is up. <laughs> that was pretty funny, actually. Your blank stare. Here comes another call. Anyway, um, 
And so one of the things that you have to deal with in campaigns today are people who aren't who they say they are running around and attacking others and just smearing people um, with the most vicious of stuff. I will I will tell you, I think that the thing that we need to uh, keep focused on uh, in campaigns always is personal contact. And yes, it makes it makes sense to use social media to help advertise your case and your cause because there is a considerable contingent there. But I think candidates often make the mistake of thinking that because they've posted it on Facebook, the entire universe of people who needs to know, uh, you know, finds out. And that's that's just not true. And uh, as I've advised a couple of candidates that I have worked with in this election cycle, point blank, I've told them, stay off Facebook. You spend too much time there. Go knock on doors instead, uh, because that's how you still win votes in today's day and age. I don't know. Are we having trouble with the phones or is somebody calling in having trouble with their phone? The, pho- the phones have rung multiple times here. It's actually a little distracting. So, I, and I will talk about my uh, role. If Gadet's here, by the way, he can come right on in. Um, but I will say this, that, um, you know, I have taken a, an active role. A lot of people thought that I wouldn't take a role today uh, in this campaign because I was unopposed. Um, but, you know, I really believe that things need to change in the Manchester School District. And I also really believe that if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, You'll get the same result. And so some have questioned the wisdom of involving myself in campaigns where I think the incumbent needs to be saved, like in Ward 2 and in Ward 5. Well, you know what, Josh? Grab the caller ID and pick up the phone or pick up your cell and call whoever is calling in and find out if it's a problem on our end or theirs. Um, so, but it seems to me... <laughs> It seems to me that if I uh, if I want to see different people on the board, then I've got to be part of what brings them about. So I have spent time campaigning for Deb Langton in Ward 2. I spent a lot of time with Lisa Freeman in Ward 5. I spent a lot of time with John DiPietro, uh, with Mark Flanders in Ward 4. I spent a lot of time with uh, John DiPietro in Ward 6. I spent a lot of time with Jimmy LaHue in Ward 8. And I spent some time with... Um, uh, what's what's her name? Kelly Thomas in Ward 12. I mean, I spent as much time as anybody could, given that she has to get around in a wheelchair. And she does that, by the way, rather impressively. Not easy to go door. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Not easy to go door to door when you're in a wheelchair. But, um, you know, that she did not shy away from doing that. And uh, that's that's to her credit. And uh, the message the message that I had for people uh, was simple. Look. Uh, and here is my firm belief about schools, okay? Schools are the government equivalent of a vice grip. On one side of the grip, you have the unions. On the other side of the grip, you have the bureaucracy. And in an odd way, the unions control the bureaucracy because they get people elected to do their bidding. The bureaucracy, not so much, but the bureaucracy ends up being populated with a bunch of sacred cows and the sacred cows graze wherever the hell they want and it creates a problem. And the problem with that is change doesn't come. And every person that I have campaigned against or every person that I have campaigned for, let me put it to you this way, whether they're an incumbent or whether or not they're a challenger, 
I have campaigned for them because they are the types of people who will bring change. They don't have any entangling alliances. They don't have friends or former colleagues that work for the district that they want to protect. They don't have loyalties or allegiances to the unions. And they have an interest in seeing things operate differently in the Manchester School District. And I think that's particularly important now that we have a superintendent who doesn't have any of those entangling alliances and, in fact, has been the victim of many of them as he has gone about the business of making recommendations to the school board about things that need to change so that we can improve education in Manchester. And it galls me to see some of the people that are out there, like Erica Connors, you know, talking about her wonderfully close relationship with the superintendent and others praising our new superintendent like Connie Van Houten or Dan Bergeron, who oppose him at almost every turn and behind closed doors are nowhere near the smiling, happy faces. The smiling, happy people, isn't that an REM song? Smiling, happy people. Yeah. No, 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 no. It ain't the way it is. It ain't the way it was. And it ain't the way it'll ever be with some of these people. But we have a unique opportunity here in the history of the city to actually elect a change-focused board. One that when it says it's all about the kids really won't take the health insurance benefits provided by the taxpayers and really will use those dollars for the school supplies that they voted to eliminate, for the school building maintenance and cleaning they voted to reduce, And will really not do the bidding of outfits like the Save the Children Action Network that spent almost 100 grand two years ago to elect some of these people. And now that they've done exactly what the Save the Children Action Network asked them to do when it came before the school board, the Save the Children Action Network is again flooding the city with mail on behalf of these candidates. Sarah Ambrosi in Ward 1, Leslie Want in Ward 4, Dan Bergeron in Ward 6. Erica Connors in Ward 8. Connie Van Houten in Ward 12. So we have a unique opportunity to put people on the board that really are about the kids. That really are about how things can and should be done differently, not just for the sake of the taxpayer, but for the sake of education itself. And I don't think they're trivial issues when you're talking about special interest groups, when you're talking about union endorsements of people who will be voting on the contracts. Who won't put their benefits before the kids. You know, Kathy Staub, oh, I won't take the benefits this time if I'm reelected because I don't need them anymore. Really? Sarah Ambrosi, who lives in a $1.2 million house and owns some other pricey property in this city, needs the benefits financially? She can't swing it? Really? I'm sorry. I have a problem with this. And so, yes, I have helped candidates running for office, despite the fact that I am an incumbent. Because I think certain incumbents deserve to be saved, like Freeman and Langton, And I believe certain challengers like Flanders, DePietro, LaHue, and Thomas deserve to be elected. Now, I think there are others that I would like to see elected, but let's be honest. 
They haven't done the work. But that doesn't mean in Ward 11 you can't register a protest vote against Kate DeRozier by voting for the ever-absent Alex Avery. Because you can register a protest vote in Ward 11 and let Kate know that, uh, gee, wouldn't it be great if she, if you know, if Alexander Avery got 40, 45% of the vote or more, not having done anything other than put his name on the ballot? What would that say to DeRozier? You know, if Avard has a close call in 10, what would, what would it say to him? You know what I'm saying? If Ambrosi has a close call in Ward 1, what would it say to her? You know, if nothing else, it might cause these people to take a look two years from now and say, gee, I think I'll hang it up. Because it might encourage a stronger challenge from someone who will see that they were vulnerable because of a high vote count cast against incumbents that, well, to put it politely, could have done more. I mean, challengers, I should say, that could have done more. So I make no apologies. As I said to someone, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't. They don't like me either way, so I might as well go for broke and try to get a board that will actually do the right thing for the kids, their parents, and the taxpayers instead of themselves. This is Gerard at Large. 